Welcome to the Farming Basics Podcast with Olivia Fuller. We'll have sustainable farming tips from growers across the state and extension specialists at Auburn University. Welcome back, everybody. This is your host, Olivia Fuller, and a stand-in co-host, Caitlin Kashheimer. You might know her from a different podcast, The Crops Team Does. We're so glad to be here. We've got uh, Joshua Weaver. He is an assistant professor in the horticulture department. He specializes in turf, and we're going to talk to him about that today. We've not done a turf episode, and we know a lot of people love the grass. So Yes. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, and I'm excited to do this crossover. And Josh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you guys for having me. Well, we'll start off with a subject that you are the expert in here, because it's something a little different than what I usually work with on a day-to-day basis. But Same. <laughs> good. <laughs> biostimulants. Yeah. Um, turf, biostimulants. Yeah. So I'll tell you a little bit about how I got into biostimulants. Uh, so uh, I was looking for a PhD to do at Clemson and, uh, you know, always had a background in turf and I'd read a lot of articles in you know, golf course magazine and such about uh, biostimulants and the effects they can have on turf grass. And uh, so when I identified my advisor, his background was in turf um, and we said, you know, some of these claims are just kind of, you know, out there and you know, let's research them. And so uh, that's kind of why I got into it. And uh, I found them to be uh, very interesting. But so, today you're wearing orange and it's Auburn orange, not Clemson orange, correct? That's right. Yeah. Auburn orange, not Clemson orange. So how long have you been here at Auburn? I started here in July of 20. So right over two and a half years. Oh, COVID years. Yeah. Yeah. So my, uh, Finishing my PhD was during COVID, and then my first semester teaching here was uh, in COVID. So it, it was very interesting times. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in a similar boat to Olivia. I know um, very little about turf unless we're talking about insects and in turf. And so, Josh, you're going to give us an introduction to biostimulants and really how turf managers can incorporate them into their programs. And so let's start easy. Give me and Olivia softball here. What are biostimulants? All right, so essentially they are uh, organic materials uh, that when are applied uh, will help uh, stimulate growth. So essentially, easy way to think about it is, is uh, it's like the organic matter from swamp bottoms that is uh, derived and sieved through, get all the leaves, sticks, and all that kind of stuff out, and you're just left with like a liquid. Um, and then that is applied with water uh, in tanks across uh, lawns sod farms, uh, golf courses, if you will. Uh, so just essentially, it's just like organic humus, if you will. Um, is that where it always comes from? Typically, yes. Uh, Leonardite. Leonardite is another uh, source. But w- one product that I researched, uh, it was derived out of the Okefenokee Swamp. Uh, so in southwest Georgia or southeast Georgia. Local. Uh, yeah, it was it was very <laughs> local. And uh, so, yeah, it was just inter- interesting products and but that that's essentially it's just organic materials that uh, you know liquefied and then mixed with water and applied to the turf grass or other crops alabama ag credit is a proud sponsor of the farming basics podcast buying real property isn't the same as buying in town if you're in the market to purchase your own piece of paradise or need an operating line for your farm, give our friends at Alabama Ag Credit a call. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, they can help you with everything from homes and lands to tractors and crops. Because sometimes natural resources need financial resources. And while some lenders don't get it, they do. Learn more by visiting alabamaagcredit.com. 
So the key component of that, as opposed to other organic matter, is that it's liquid. Yeah, yeah, it's liquid. There are some companies now that are also trying to, uh, you know, encapsulate it on a prill of fertilizer. Uh, so you'll see there's some products out there now that there will be humic added into the bag um, of fertilizer. So just trying to go out in a more of a, a granular fashion as opposed to a liquid fashion. And they can be applied on anything, or is it this? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, you can. It can be applied to, to any crops. Uh, there's a lot of research where it's some being done in row crops, but uh, you know we're talking about turf here. But it's it's one of those products too. It's unregulated. Okay, so what I mean by that is is like the fertilizers you use or the or the pesticides you use. There's a regulatory body, a regulatory agency that has you know, said, yeah, you're calling it a triple ten. It is a triple ten. Biostimulants. We don't have a regulatory market for that. So there's a lot of skeptical uh, skepticism to do they work or not. Snake oil is one thing it has been called before. <laughs> when we're talking about whether or not they work, what do they do when they're applied correctly in the right amounts with the right product? Yeah, so that's that's a great question. So uh, one thing that we have that I've seen through my research is a better nutrient uptake, a better rooting length, in ter- specifically talking about uh, turf grass. Uh, the humic acid works in a way that's one biostimulant. There's several of them, but uh, creates like fractures in the soil. So as those fractures are created, you know, roots are able to you know, drive down deeper into the soil. Uh, another thing you can also see is, uh, you know, less water use. Uh, because again, if you have a deeper root, you know, uh, turf doesn't dry out as quickly. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of some, you know, 30,000 foot view of, of what they you know, can do when applied appropriately. They can be applied with other chemicals as well. So they can be tank mixed, which makes them very easy to, to go out as well. So I'm understanding it as a, like an alternative fertilizer. Yeah, there are some biostimulants that do have an NPK uh, analysis, uh, but most of them are just like humic acids. When it, the jug may just be humic acid in that jug, like 12% humic or, or 2% humic or whatever. So yes, it, it goes in a long conjunction with like your regular program. Okay, so how so talking about cost with that, would it be beneficial for farmers to utilize that? So, yeah, I mean, cost is anywhere from about seven to twenty-five dollars an acre. Okay, so generally a rate is anywhere from two to six ounces per thousand. Uh, but you'll see products out there anywhere, you know, a two and a half gallon jug. I was looking at earlier it was like ninety dollars. Okay, well that's more in the twenty-five, twenty-seven dollar an acre range gets pretty expensive. Uh, however, over a period of time, you know, a couple of growing seasons of u- using humic, you may see less, have, you have to use less fertilizers. So where you spend more over here, you may spend less here. So it kind of balances out in the long run. All right. So at $25 an acre, what are you getting for that price? And why is there some hesitancy for growers to be using this if they are promoting root growth and using less water and pro- promoting a more sustainable environment? So that's a great question. One thing uh, around that is there's there's not a lot of research uh, that has been done. There has been research conducted in turf. Uh, Virginia Tech's put a lot of research in row crops, not so much. So it has been harder for farmers to adapt to using, you know, uh, biostimulants just because there's not been a lot of research done. Uh, and again, it's not regulated. So we have a multitude of companies out there that are putting out biostimulants and they slap a label on the jug and say, this is you know, 10% fulvic, 2% humic. You have no way of knowing if that's actually what you're getting or not. Uh, so Europe has jumped the US as far as regulations are concerned on this. And they actually have a European 
uh, biostimulant council. And now any biostimulants that come forth in, in Europe have to go through a regulatory process. So in other words, research has to be conducted. They have to prove that the product did work and then it can be sold. Uh, we are trying to get that here in the U.S. The 2018 Farm Bill mentioned biostimulants. And then USDA and EPA and stakeholders are supposed to come together and, and figure out a good definition for biostimulants and who's going to regulate them. Okay, Does it fall into you know, EPA's side? Does it fall into... FDA side, you know, which side does it fall in? So I think we're still probably a couple of years away or more from actually having regulations in place. Uh, and I think once regulations are in place, we'll see more growers adapt to uh, using biostimulants. AFVGA is a proud sponsor of the Farming Basics podcast. From generations past through the years to come, the Alabama fruit and vegetable growers produce an abundance we all enjoy. Join Alabama farmers at the annual conference and trade show in Gulf Shores, Alabama, February 9th and 10th, 2023. Visit afvga.org to learn more. Alabama produce, it just tastes better. In the meantime, we're not in Europe, we're in Alabama. How can growers discern between snake oil products and products that really, really will enhance their operation? So that's, that's a great question too. Basically dealing with a reputable uh, distributor. Um, there's, there's several reputable distributors out there. Uh, if, if a company just pops up overnight and says, we have this product, you know, I would do my homework on that. If it's a reputable distributor, that has been around for a while and they're standing behind the product nine times out of 10, they have paid for some university research to be conducted and they've done some trials themselves and have some data. So I would ask the distributor, do you have any data to back up your claims on this product? That's helpful. Um, this seems very promising for the growers. Is it similar to something else that is, in my brain, considered snake oil to kind of like the sludge situation? Yeah, biosolids and yeah. such like that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's, it'd, be, it'd be similar to that. Sometimes you see products packaged, especially on the granular side of fertilizer, it'll have biosolids poultry manure and humic acid uh, kind of combined into one. Um, so yeah, that's, you could put it on those same lines. Okay. Um, and, and both are promising. Are there universities in the Southeast doing research? Yeah, right there now? are universities doing research on this. There is promise, uh, you know, from, from my research uh, that, that we did at, at Clemson and Turfgrass, and then I have research uh, being conducted here. I mean, we see uh, promise mainly with, you know, root growth and root length, uh, and, and an overall healthier plant, if you will. Um, you know, it's, it's with humic acids and, and biostimulants, it's not something you're going to apply at one time a year and expect to see results out of it. It has to be a continuous part of your program. Okay. Well, that's great. I mean, so people don't have to necessarily look to Europe for a lot of this information. It's, it's happening here and people yes. can yep. there's not a, be quite so scared of it. Exactly. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of uh, peer reviewed uh, journal articles out there on biostimulants, not only on turf, but also in, in row crops as well. That was going to be my question was going to be where can people find more information, but I'd also, Olivia, direct them to ACES and our extension agents. We, sh we can always put you in touch with Josh to talk about his research and, and specifically how biostimulants would work in, in Alabama turf systems. Yeah, that's exactly correct. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about this. Thank you very much for having me. This has been a production of Alabama Extension at Auburn University.